Tonight, tonight. Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I've been puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Beetle. I'm glad you guys can be with me here on this Friday. I'm going to try to do a juggling act tonight, okay? Because I'm, I'm trying to make Louisville and NC State Bill Cower night at the old ballpark. I'm trying to make that my college football Saturday uh, because I basically, I did, I did a, well, I, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I had, while out to dinner with some friends and my wife, they had suggested everyone go to a farm to, you know, like pick apples and do that whole type of thing. And everyone's around like, oh, yeah, that'd be so much fun. Let's get together. Let's let's go pick apples and we'll go uh, hang out in a pumpkin patch. And basically what I'm thinking is it's it's going to be like, you ever seen that episode of The Office where Rain Wilson's character ends up, uh, you know, like building his own maze in the parking lot? That's kind of what I'm thinking might happen. But everyone's going around the table being like, yeah, of course, let's do this. And I was over here like, it's college football Saturdays. We don't go out on college football Saturdays. I, I said this at the table. I'm like, it's fall. I don't, I all day Saturday, I watch college football and all day Sunday, I watch the NFL. And that was a mistake, friends. Don't do that mistake. That was a mistake. And so now tomorrow, I'm going to be going to one of those farms that has the mazes, that has the pumpkin patches, that has the apple picking, has everything like that. And I'm going to miss the noon slate of college football. Will I be back by the 4 o'clock slate? You bet your butt I will be. But I'm going to miss the noon slate. And I know I'm going to go 4 o'clock all the way up until 1 o'clock in the morning. You think, Jonathan, that's more than enough time. That is not enough time, sports fan. That is not enough time. I'm going to miss Dion getting absolutely walloped by USC all because I opened my big mouth. That's what happened. I opened my big mouth. So I'm making Louisville versus NC State, Bill Cower night at the ballpark. I'm making that my 1 o'clock noon window for college football. Okay, that's what I'm doing here. And I, listen, I understand it. That is not an appetizing game. Cincinnati playing at basically 3 o'clock in the morning tonight. I think it kicks off at, seriously, like 10, 15. I don't know what they're doing there. But I'm making this night, and I'm making this night show. This is my college football Saturday. So I hope you guys are on board. I do get to wake up and bet on the Ryder Cup, though, so that's fun. I did that earlier today, too, so that was that was also a good time. But, uh, yeah, so this is what I'm going to be doing tonight, uh, and we'll be talking about the Browns, and we'll, we'll talk Dion a little bit as well, as I know some of you guys are excited to see how he does against USC. I'm here to tell you, I'm a little am – I, am I peeved about going to the farms? No, I'm not peeved about it. It'll be nice. My seven-month-old daughter is going to have a lovely time. She's not going to remember any of it, but she's going to have a lovely time, and I know I'll think to myself – Oh, that's not. So this is what people do when they're not watching football on Saturdays in the fall. This is what people do. And then I'll take that in and I'll speak about it for the next 10 years. You're like, oh, remember that time we went and, and picked apples during the noon slate of college football games? You're like, yeah. And I'm like, I love you. I love, <laughs> I love you. And that's what that means. Anyway, I will be sweating out what's going to happen on Sunday. And that's where I got to start with you guys with Deshaun Watson because I don't know. A hundred percent what to make of this whole ordeal. If you made me bet my own dinero, hell, I'll bet your own dinero on it. I would say that Deshaun Watson plays on Sunday. There's a lot that changes in my tune from, let's say, Wednesday night to tonight 
in that discussion when it comes to whether or not the Browns should have themselves a win against Baltimore. I remember on Wednesday, feels like a million years ago, on Wednesday I told you guys with how banged up Baltimore was, with the fact that Lamar Jackson and him trying to have this Todd Munkin offense that just is not working out, Offseason, he said he's going to throw for 6,000 yards. He's now throwing 40 fewer yards per game than what he threw two years ago. It's it's mind-boggling. They go out and get OBJ. They draft Zay Flowers. OBJ's injured. Rashad Bateman's injured. Nelson Aguilar, they acquired. They're relying on him as well as Zay Flowers, who actually looks pretty good. I say actually, even though I was basically in the Zay Flowers fan club all summer long. Not really that much of a surprise to me. Kid out of Boston College, I just I liked his game a lot. I thought he was really good. It turns out in the pros, he's he's been really pretty fantastic. But Lamar Jackson right now, they're coming off a game where they lost to Gardner Minshew and the Colts. Like I'm not scared. Part of part of what I like about the Colts is Anthony Richardson. Take that part of the equation out of it. Shane Steichen might know what he's doing. I don't think he's an idiot. I think he's pretty good at this, even though it's so short into his time in Indy. I think he's got an actual chance. He was the Phillies OC when they just went to the Super Bowl last year. Got his got his uh, big-time coaching job and he's kicking it off in the, in the right way. But ultimately, they lost to Gardner Minshew. They lost to Uncle Rico. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I thought the Browns were catching the Ravens at the absolute right time. I thought it was perfect timing for the Browns to be taking on a Ravens team that it's, I know it's week four, but it felt like they were truly struggling. It felt like this was the right time because they, they're going to need time to get that offense going and to get right. And, and I told you about the injury list. It's off the charts. Their injury list is, it's longer than a CVS receipt. It's insane. There's just more and more names that just keep they keep added and added every single day. And now we officially won't see OBJ. We won't see Rashad Bateman. Five guys inactive, not a restaurant. Five guys from the Ravens inactive for Sunday. And it feels like everything is turning up Cleveland Browns. It feels like this matchup, a situation where Baltimore had historically owned us in the Kevin Stefanski era, Baltimore had been de-pantsing us on a consistent basis. Everyone walks around scared of the Steelers. You walk around uh, at least understanding what the Bengals situation is. Kevin Stefanski has never beat Lamar Jackson when Lamar Jackson has started the game and thrown more than four passes in the game. Anytime Lamar Jackson's thrown more than five passes and started a game for the Ravens, Kevin Stefanski has lost that game for the Browns. He has six and one his entire career against the Browns, and he is a perfect Perfect record against Kevin Stefanski. But it just felt like the time had changed. Everything had evolved into the scenario where the Browns have the best defense in the NFL right now. Not even like a, oh, one of the best defenses. No, they are legitimately the best defense in the NFL. You have Deshaun Watson coming off the very best game he's ever played in a Browns uniform. And things were coming up Browns. That's just the only way you can look at it. Things were coming up Browns. And then today happened. And it felt like a wrench got thrown into the plans just a little bit. So in case you're just joining us, in case you were, I don't know, maybe you had to work. Maybe you're just out and about running errands. Maybe you had a busy day. You're a lot of busy day. Busy days happen, especially on Fridays. Some people phone it in on Fridays. Some people get things done on Friday. Deshaun Watson threw two passes, two passes at practice today. Two total passes. There's actually a... 
a, a differencing in reporting there. For a while there, it was it was understood it was one pass. Then it became two passes. Then it went back down to one pass. All you need to know is that he did not throw many passes today in practice. And on a Friday, those are the days that matter the most in the NFL. Fridays are one of the most important practice days you can have all week long. Those are the days that you go through everything. You figure out the final checks on everything. You figure out where you need to go, what you need to do. Like Fridays are very important. Dustin, I thought was fantastic about this earlier uh, in afternoon drive. Dustin went down the whole entire list of things he did and the time he was in the NFL on a Friday. It's magnificent. Odyssey Rewind, when, when you're done with this show, go back and listen to that show, okay? Absolutely fantastic. The point remains, though, Fridays matter in the NFL in a big way. You ever notice how, like, when Joe Thomas, for instance, was at the end of his career, he didn't take Fridays off. He took Tuesdays off. He didn't take Fridays off, right? Like, there was a set day that Joe Thomas just didn't do. It wasn't Fridays. Fridays are the day you get things done. The fact that Deshaun Watson took either one or two passes and then called it a day today does matter. And now you heard from Deshaun, and we'll play some audio from Deshaun and Stefanski and DTR and everybody else. He believes that he'll play on Sunday, but who's to say? I'm sure he also woke up this morning thinking to himself, oh, seems like a great day to have a practice. Bet I'm going to get a lot of good work in today. And then he got out on the field and then wasn't able to do that. A lot of the NFL is laid with the best of intentions. If you made me bet my money, I would say Deshaun Watson plays in the game. But let's focus on this for a second. How equipped are the Browns to win a game where Deshaun Watson is either 75% of what Deshaun Watson can be or it goes to DTR? 216-474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. That's where I want to start off with you guys. How equipped are the Browns to win a game where Deshaun Watson is nowhere close in my estimation, and I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on the radio. It's a it's a it's a contusion on his throwing arm. It's not a broken arm. It's not anything that he's in a cast for. But it's certainly not one hundred percent. So I shouldn't say anywhere close to one hundred, because that's just hyperbole and I don't want to speak that way. I would not even be able to to begin to put a percentage on it because again, I'm not around Deshaun Watson. I don't know Deshaun Watson's uh, injury status that way. The only thing I do know is the Browns have him as questionable, and he only threw two, practice, or two throws today. If you were seriously not injured and you were 100%, then you would have been out there and you would have done the whole entire practice like you'd done in the previous weeks. How equipped are the Browns to make this one a winner? How equipped are they to win this one if Deshaun Watson can't be Deshaun Watson? You can get away with it certain weeks, right? Like the Titans week, for instance, I could have thrown Jax Gregory out there and we would have ended up with a win. You didn't need to have Deshaun Watson. You just, you just didn't need to. I talk about this all the time with the Eagles last year, right? With the Eagles, I mentioned the amount of games that Jalen Hurts could have been on a siesta. He could have just been out partying. It didn't, it didn't matter. Nap, party, whatever you want to do, he could have just been away from the field because they the defense was so dominant and it stopped the opposing team in such a dynamic way that it just really didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Tennessee game, Deshaun Watson could have been named anyone else, and they would have got the job done. And he played great. I was happy to see him play great, but he could have been anybody else. And the Bengals, week one. 
could have been just about anybody else, and the defense was so dominant. So is that what we're expecting in this game? Are we so defense-dependent that when it comes to the quarterback, we're willing to say Deshaun Watson at 75 80%, whatever it is, is still going to be able to get the job done? Or do the Browns have to keep an eye out and say, what do we need to do with DTR? And if DTR does end up going in, the backup quarterback, the rookie backup quarterback, how much faith do you have in the Browns there? 216474 to below 92. On Twitter there you can find me. I am at JPeterlin, J-P-E-T-E-R-L-I-N. With Deshaun Watson questionable, should the Browns still be expected to win? 216474 to below 92. We'll take your phone calls. We'll continue on with this. Fan focus at 9 o'clock. We got off the beaten path at 940 and a bunch to get to. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on the fan. Play I'm hopeful. And was he able to throw after we left there? Light throwing. All right. That was Kevin Savansky. On Deshaun Watson. Hopeful. And then Miles Garrett said something to that effect as well. And then Deshaun Watson said something to that effect as well. And it all the whole thing just didn't sound very serious. And I mean honest with you, it didn't sound very serious. And that's okay. That's probably the preferred route, you would think. I just, I get worried on Fridays. I get worried on Fridays, and I also get worried at the fact that I don't think we have a break glass in case of emergency the same way I think a lot of people think that we do. We all watch DTR in the preseason. We all fell in love with the DTR in the preseason. Josh Dobbs beat the Cowboys last week. The Cowboys, one of the best teams in the NFC, and he absolutely did everything he wanted to and then some with what is supposed to be the second best defense in the NFL. A guy, The guy didn't even have his jersey in the team shop before the game, and he ended up with a game that, honestly, Cardinals fans are probably upset that he won because they want to get Caleb Williams, but he did his job. Meanwhile, we got a guy that tore up the preseason. Uh, you know who also tore up the preseason? Kenny Babyhands Pickett. Okay, so spare me on the idea that you tear up the preseason and it means something. I liked what I saw from DTR, but let's be honest, he's a rookie quarterback. This is the Ravens. This isn't Little Sisters of the Poor. This is the Baltimore Ravens, a team that, in the Kevin Stefanski era, when Lamar Jackson starts, they've absolutely dominated us. It's not even close. Uh, By far in the AFC North, It is the team we've had the least amount of success with in the Stefanski era. We own the Bengals. We have basically split three out of the past four years with the the, uh, Steelers. We're on a they win one, we win one type thing, and that's fine. That's okay. And then there's the Ravens. The Ravens were undefeated when Lamar Jackson starts and throws the ball more than five times against Kevin Stefanski. I, I don't know what to tell you. We needed this win. We need this win in a big way. And we need Deshaun Watson to be out there to be the guy that is worth $230 million and to get us this win. I'd love to tell you it doesn't matter because the defense is so dominant and Lamar is going to be in such a a, a hellish situation to begin with anyway with so many guys out, including OBJ and Rashad Bateman. Listen, I'd be right. I'd be right. That is an awful situation for Lamar. But this isn't a three-foot putt. No gimmies around here. Not in the NFL and not playing the Baltimore Ravens. Act like they don't have a defense, too. That was supposed to be pretty highly regarded. Act like they don't have an offense.
that even though it's been off to a rough start in the first three weeks, maybe this is the week they put it all together. I don't think it's going to happen, but we can't take this team lightly. And I, I keep seeing so many people out there suggesting that the, the game's a cakewalk, and I just I, I don't know how the Ravens got to be a cakewalk. Like Twitter reactions brought to you by our friends at Chabon Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Our buddy, that guy in Cleveland. He goes, listen, at J.P. Don't, don't overthink it. We'll be fine even without Watson, and the Ravens' offense is so banged up, I doubt they'll get more than 10 points on us. This is a surefire victory for the Browns. I can't look at the Ravens like it's a surefire victory at all. I told you on Wednesday, I expect us to win this game. Told you that on Wednesday. If Deshaun Watson's not 100%, the expectation goes out the window. Doesn't mean I, I wouldn't bet for us. I'm betting on us in this game. This is a this is a turning of the tide type game in the highest order. This is the Watson Stefanski let's go type game. But if Deshaun Watson's not a hundred percent, I mean, how much can I expect DTR to do? How much can I expect him to do with a contusion, uh, uh, you know, a little bone bruise? I not much I can expect. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. I, I guess we just hope and pray that Sunday we wake up and everything's all right. And he's saying he feels awesome, and he's saying he feels great, and he goes through warm-up and everything's good, but today was a little alarming, guys. Joe and Medina going to lead us off here on the fan. Hello, Joe. Um, great take, by the way. Uh, I feel that if uh, with any other quarterback, the Browns would be 3-0. and And, I mean, it's, it's hard to look past that for me. I think even, you know, let's say Deshaun 75%, I think we can win that game. But if he's any less than that, I think we got to see DTR. Yeah. That's my take. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you, man. You know, I you're, I don't know that you're wrong with it being 3-0. and I don't want to start the Deshaun Watson era in such a bad light where it'd be like we'd be 3-0 and if any other quarterback was there. It was our offense that gave the Steelers defense 14 points, though, was it not? I mean, was it not? In the fourth quarter, we had a lead going into the fourth quarter. Their offense went for negative seven yards, and they somehow won the game. And that stays with you a little bit. And I'm a big Deshaun guy, as you guys know. I root for Deshaun. I want Deshaun to be good. But the reality is, is that if Deshaun Watson, he, he didn't, he didn't have to do anything in the Bengals game, and he didn't have to do anything last week against the Titans. Now he did, and I think that's the difference in the conversation. What you saw last week against Tennessee is something that can't be replicated with other quarterbacks, other, you know. Josh Dobbs, DTR, other guys of that ilk, Jacoby Brissett, they can't do what Deshaun just did against Tennessee. Not that Tennessee is the 85 Bears by any stretch. He was just so awesome. They can't do that. The bet, obviously, is that in the future you're going to get paid off where you know Deshaun has games like that and the defense can kind of coast a little bit more and the roles aren't reversed. But for this week, it feels like to me, Everything is in the Browns' favor for this game. There's no doubt about that. Everything is in the Browns' favor. But if Deshaun's not 100%, there's going to be a lot of game day decisions that are going to have to be made, and there's going to be a lot of decisions that are made around Deshaun Watson as to what do you do. Like, let me ask you this, 216-474-92. What do you do if Deshaun plays a quarter? It's 7-3 to three at the end of the first quarter. The three points the Browns have put up, have been based off of big defensive plays, and Deshaun Watson has barely moved the ball at all, and he doesn't look right. He just he doesn't look right. He looks 
Not cooked, because that's not fair. He's injured. Just doesn't look right. Will Stefanski keep him out there? Or will Stefanski pull the plug and say, DTR, you're up? And then he's got to hope that DTR turns into Mike White. Do you remember the Jets quarterback that came out for like 400 yards in his very first game? Well, you had to hope for something like that. It's kind of like when they baseball, when they call up a guy to the big leagues, and for the first month there's no scouting reports on anyone, and so the guy just rakes and hits like 400. And then once they get scouting reports, then you start to figure them all out. Like the advantage DTR would have is that nobody has any tape on him, with the exception of the preseason. They have no tape. They have no idea. I mean, you got, yeah, I mean, basically it was Van Wilder in college. You got five years of UCLA tape. But in the pros, you got nothing. There's an element of surprise attached to that. But that's the same thing that the Ravens would have said when they brought Tyler Huntley in and you watched and saw how that one went. He had one game against Green Bay where he was awesome. One game against Green Bay. Other than that, he basically had been throwing up on his shoes for two years. But that one game against Green Bay got him paid big time, or at least got him starting time, uh, when Lamar decided he wanted to basically quit on the team last year. That's what I call it. I refer to it as quitting on the team because, uh, Lamar, mm, we all know what happened. 216474 to below 92. Craig and Akron up next. Hello, Craig. Hey, what's up, Jonathan? Hey, Craig. How are you tonight? I'm all right. It's nice out, you know. How are you doing? It is nice out. It's much better than New York where it's flooding, apparently. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Yeah. Uh, but about the Browns, uh, honestly, I'm not a Lamar Jackson believer. This guy's going to probably get absolutely blown up by us this week. He holds the ball too long. Oh, this year he was going to pass for 6,000 yards, and he just lost to the backup quarterback of the Colts. <laughs> He's probably going to get blown up this week against our defense. We'll probably get some defensive touchdowns against this dude. If the quarterback just comes in and plays mediocre, we probably crush him. That's the bet, and thank you, Craig. I appreciate you as always. Uh, that's the bet. On Wednesday, it's funny. On Wednesday, I never felt more confident about this upcoming game and about taking on the Ravens than I did in that moment on Wednesday. Now, before the season got underway, I kept circling the Ravens. I remember in week one, week one, I told you, I said, they got to beat the Bengals. I'm expecting them to beat the Bengals. And then they went out and beat the Bengals. But all off season long, once we knew the schedule was out, there was something about the Bengals game that I just loved. I loved for us. Week one, new defense, new Deshaun Watson era. There was something that matched up really nicely. And after week one happened, Baltimore, remember, they played that really nice game week one, and they didn't play anybody. I believe it's Houston, if memory serves me right, and they just beat them up. They beat them up badly. That's fine. It happens. But I kept worrying about the Ravens. This is, I mentioned, in the, in the Stefanski era, the Ravens are the one team. Uh, I think there's two teams. The Chargers, for whatever reason, always has the Browns number in the Stefanski era. They just, Austin Eckler alone has just beat us up. He's just taken our lunch money every single time he's played us. I don't know why. It's been back-to-back years of 150 yards, and he's been absolutely insane. But the Ravens, the team that we play twice a year, when Lamar starts, for some reason, he just, he just has the number. He's got us. And I know every year counts as a new year, and that's how I approach these things. That's what I tell you when people want to tell me that the, we own the Bengals. It's like, we don't really own the Bengals. We own the Bengals as far as being 6-1 and one against Joe Burrow, which is awesome. But we don't really, every year is different. Every year is different. New personnel, a lot of new that happens with every single season. But the Ravens is the one I was worried about, and Wednesday I was so confident. 
Because I at that point, we assumed that OBJ wasn't going to be playing. Rashad Bateman, all these other guys. You got five guys out for Sunday. They've been banged up really badly. They're coming off a really awful loss to Gardner Minshew. It just felt like it was written in the stars for the Browns that they'd be able to come out there and win this game. And when the Vegas line started dropping earlier today, before we really found out what was happening with Deshaun Watson, before all the Berea reports, because remember, Vegas knows first. And I'm watching and I'm looking because I was betting on the Ryder Cup, you know, because I'm up early just kind of watching the Ryder Cup, hanging out, babysitting my seven-month-old. And and we're just, you know, because she likes to to bet on on Team America as well. So she always says that. And the Ryder Cup, she's always always pro-America there. And I'm looking at the, looking at the, you know, the odds and everything. And all of a sudden, the Ravens game, Ravens-Browns game, goes to a one-point line. And you're like, well, okay. If you didn't know anything about the Deshaun Watson news, and I didn't at the time when I was looking at this, I thought to myself, I need to bet my house on this. Now, obviously, that's hyperbole. I don't bet my house. I don't bet my mortgage. You'd actually be surprised to find out. I bet very small amounts of money when I do gamble. I gamble... A decent amount, but I bet very small amounts of money, mainly because it doesn't take much for me to get a thrill. It just doesn't. And I like to, I'm watching the games anyway. It just makes it a little bit more fun, but it's very tiny amounts. I never bet anything large. I really, I just don't. It's, you'd be shocked at how tiny the amounts I bet, okay? For how much I like, how much I'll talk about it and then check these type of things. It's a very, very tiny amount. But the reality is, is I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, what does Vegas know? What does Vegas know that we don't know? What is going on? And then all of a sudden you get the reports out with Deshaun Watson only throwing two uh, two throws today. And then before you know it, it's uh, him saying that, yeah, he's going to play. And Miles is saying, yeah, yeah, I think he'll play. And Stefanski says hopefully. And it seems like it's trending towards that. And then Mary Kay Cabot's got the report about it being a contusion, which is not the most serious thing in the world. But if you would have told me that on Wednesday, I would have been over the moon. And now here on Friday... I'm sitting and I'm wondering to myself, are we going to have one of these games where the defense looks great and they need to, but then we look at Deshaun and we're like, all right, I guess we got another Deshaun excuse game. And, and, and another valid one, we've given him basically every game he's played with the exception of the Titans game. That Titans game that he never looked better was the one game that Deshaun has played where there's been zero excuses. Now this game's coming around and we're like, yeah, he spent all week dealing with this, this, this injury to his throwing arm. What did we expect? But the Browns got to get ahead of this thing and they got to figure out whether or not this is serious or not. You got to buy week after this game. So if you need to rest him in order to get him right for the long term, maybe you go about it that way. But it doesn't seem like they're going to do that. 216474 to below 92. Tell me where your confidence is right now. And with Deshaun questionable, should the Browns still be expected to win this game? It's overtime with Jonathan Beatle here with you on the fan. All righty, Ben Bogus coming up at 9 o'clock. We got a big one there. I'm excited. I always have fun when I put him in and I'm like, oh, this is a good one. I like this one. So 9 o'clock, be listening to that. Back to Deshaun in a second. Back to the conversation with Deshaun in a second. Jax running the board tonight. All right, Jax, let's break this down. So you were out to eat tonight on the east side, and you ran into a pretty prominent Northeast Ohio celebrity. Some might say, yeah. I'm going to need you to give me, because, listen, you can find analysis anywhere, and you can get really up-to-the-minute details, but there's not much more than up-to-the-minute. When were you eating dinner tonight? What time was that? About 4.35. 
five ish, five thirty. Early bird special. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> well, I, I had to work tonight, so Don likes to eat his lobster bisque early, doesn't he? Okay, all right. I had no idea. All right, what four thirty? Oh my gosh. Well, we were out running errands. I moved Elise's uh, uh, grandma into her retirement home, so my daughter's great grandma, and even she catches the five forty-five dinner. So, oh my, <laughs> she's ninety-three years old. Five forty-five <laughs> is when she's eating. You're out here at four thirty breaking bread. All right. Anyway, uh, tell the people who you ran into. So we were sitting at her table, and none other than Deshaun Watson walks in. Sits down at the table right behind us. All right, so we do not have an official update from the Browns or anyone else. He's questionable for this weekend. The latest we saw was, I believe it was just the locker room report. Mary Kay Cabot might have had something out there where... I don't even want to misquote it, so I'm not even going to go down that road. Uh, you guys can check it yourself. Go on Mary Kay's Twitter. I'm sure she has it all right there, and I'm sure it's entirely accurate. But as far as I know, it was Deshaun in the locker room saying that he expects to play against the Ravens, but that was not at 4.30. So let me ask you this. Did you, uh, did you dissect and figure out how his arm looked when I he mean, went and, and reached for the soup or the bread <laughs> or maybe when the, the waiter put down a plate in the wrong seat and then he's like, let me grab that really quick. How did the arm look in any sort of instance? He looked fine. He looked he fine. He wasn't grimacing. You like, heard it here first. No grimacing. You talked him the entire no, meal. No, no, no grimacing. No, we only saw him for like five minutes. We left after he got there because the waitress said that he was coming in. But Well, and Don's got to go to bed at some time, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's dinner at 4.30, lights out by 7.30. What are we doing here? Uh, okay, so wait, that's incredible. that you. So Deshaun was there, and then you're just like, I'm just going to, you're like one of the biggest Browns fans I know, and you didn't even, you didn't want to stay around, you didn't want to hang out. I don't want to bother him. He was, I don't know. Cleveland fans are good about this. He was with his girlfriend, and yeah. they were with another couple, and I just. Ooh, double date night. I didn't want to bother him. There's something about. Cleveland in general that just recognizes and understands that they just don't want to bother people of interest. And I like that. I, I appreciate that about Cleveland and that, you know, like anytime I'd see Tito downtown, for instance, or anything, it's just like, oh, there's there's Tito at the Heinen's. It just is what it is. There's Tito at the CVS. It just is what it is, right? It was just one of those things. You don't ever really bother the man. You just kind of you let him go about their day. And I, I'm of the – I wonder if this is more of a generational thing now at this point. Like your generation, I feel like, is very good – in the idea that sometimes they're annoying with selfies. I get that and understand that. You're always going to have some some bad apples in there. But I feel like your generation is more like I'm just going to take a random photo of them, not bother them, and then let's just keep this thing moving. So I can show my friends I took a photo of them. My friends know I'm there. They know I'm not just taking random photos or, or like, taking photos from the Internet and saying it's me. There's a trust factor there that, like, my generation, when we were first coming out with cell phones, it was the idea that you had to prove to somebody that it was you with them in that photo, mm-hmm. where now it's like, who else would have taken that photo, you idiot? Yeah. I can reverse image this if you think you're going to lie. Yeah, it was also because we were at a restaurant. Now, if it was like a bar and we were out, I'd probably approach him then. Oh, so a bar is where you're, you're then I okay. I mean, if we're just, yeah, like, I feel like it's more of an approachable atmosphere, but like... But you can't embarrass yourself in front of Don at like a, that. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. At a rest- restaurant, it looked like... They were busy talking with this other couple, so I didn't right. bother. All right, so I just want to make sure. Uh, no grimacing, no pain. No, nothing of that sort. No, no. Didn't he notice anything fine. reaching for the bread. Okay, no. that's good. It's a no good sling. sign. No, no. no sling. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I feel like the way we've talked about this story today, and I've only been on air for 45 minutes, but I feel like the way we've been talking about this story today, 
It's as if people think that he got hit by a car or something. It, like people are acting as if his arm is in a sling and he hasn't been able to move it, and it, it, like uh, he can't even sleep on one side of it without a bunch of pain or anything like this. Like no, it's a contusion. That's a bruise. It's a bruise. It's not the biggest deal. I don't expect it to be a big deal. The only issue that pops up here is that if Deshaun doesn't play great, he's got that built-in excuse. He's got the excuse of, well, yeah, I didn't even practice on Friday. Clearly it bothered me. And I just feel like we're constantly coming up with these excuses for Deshaun every single week in, week out. And the one week that he didn't have an excuse, the one week he didn't, last week he was awesome. So I am left wondering, when everything is perfect, is that when we get the Deshaun that we asked for? Or is this one of those things where uh, every time a weather game happens or any time he has a slight little minor injury, we're just going to be able to be like, nope, not the real Deshaun. Scratch it. Doesn't count. And it just feels a little phony to me. And I'm not even saying it's phony on his behalf. I'm just saying throughout the whole entire process, how many great days are we going to have with Deshaun Watson where everything is great? You guys go to work five days a week, I would imagine. Some of you guys may be more. Some of you guys may be less. Me, some most weeks it's six days a week, right? Six days a week. You guys think I'm? I feel awesome all six days? No, hell no. You guys go to your job. You feel awesome for the five days or six days a week that you go work your job. You feel great? No, not at all. Now, not everyone's job is as public as, let's say, my job or Deshaun Watson's job, where if I bleep the bed, you guys hear it and you guys know it. So there's a, there's a part of me that sometimes you just have to do what you got to do. I always, I always am envious. I am envious of uh, people that have jobs where they can just show up to work, they can do whatever they need to do, but like if they do it hungover, nobody's going to know the difference because their output is basically the same. They're just like, yeah, I mean, I, I punch in numbers and keyboards. I can do that while being completely... Five hours ago, I was, uh, you know, basically tanked. Like, I'm always impressed by that. It's always something where I'm like, I, whoo, that'd be a dangerous road for me first off. But I, but there are different types of work that way. Like, I was, I was on my brother-in-law's bachelor party in Colorado. And this, this guy was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'll hang out, I'll drink all night, and I'll just work in the morning. And I was like, I can't do that. I, maybe other hosts could. I can't do that. It'd be very obvious, outside of the fact that when I drink, I get really stupid. I just don't remember things when I drink. Just don't remember. I remember nothing. You'd be like, what's your daughter's name? And I'm like, who? Very stupid when I'm drunk. Very stupid. Not decision-wise. I make good decisions while drunk, but uh, not like I'm like doing like the stock market or anything. But like I make good decisions while drunk, but I, I'm, uh, I'm not a good trivia partner. Let's put it that way. I become an idiot. Fun idiot, but an idiot. But the point is, is that... Some jobs, you can hide it. Deshaun Watson's got one of those jobs where even if he's not perfect, we'll all know one way or another, but if he's not perfect, you got to find a way to be good enough. you got to find a way to be good enough. That's the reality of it. I'm tired of making excuses for Deshaun Watson. I'm tired of it. you got to find a way, whether you're nicked up a little bit. Guess what? It's the NFL. Everyone's nicked up a little bit. you got to find a way to battle through, and you got to find a way uh, I, I can't be dependent on you. Just uh, only time we see great games out of you is when everything looks great. When everyone, the stars are all aligned and everything is perfect, then we get a good Deshaun game. Because how many days does that happen? How many days in a week do you honestly feel 100% in any given work week? One, two? 
We all battle. We all do things. I know we're not paid $230 million, but that's not an excuse. So I don't know. I guess I'm getting, I'm preemptively getting concerned about the fact that anyone that wants to white knight for Deshaun in this instance, and you guys know I, I defend Deshaun, I do, but I get worried that as the season moves on, we're just going to constantly come up with these excuses and we're going to constantly come up with these avenues in order to let ourselves off the hook and justify why he doesn't have a great game. And it's just, it's just becoming bothersome to me. What are we going to do when the weather is tough? When there's no chance, when the, when the snow is crazy and the wind is crazy and the weather is suboptimal and, uh, you know, 25 degrees and 35 mile per hour winds and all the things he said he didn't want to come here for. Well, what are we going to do then? It's just every week going to be like, oh, well, Deshaun, if he was at his best, would do this, but you got to factor in the fact that the conditions aren't great right now, so we'll probably get a 170-yard day out of him. What? That's no way to run a team. I, I just I felt like in Houston, I felt like in Clemson, he had a lot more perfect days than what we've currently had because I've seen nine games of his, and eight of them, we've been able to come up with real excuses. Real, but we've been able to come up with excuses for why Deshaun could suck on any given day. And now going into this next week, this should be a must-win game. This should be a game that the Browns have easily. The way that the defense has been playing, the way that the Ravens are banged up, this should be an easy game for the Browns. I know it's the Ravens, so nothing's easy against Baltimore, but it should be. And now we're sitting here on Friday, and all I got is a bunch of people saying, "Yeah, well, he's going to be hurt. He's not playing at 100%. So uh, here's the here's the hall pass to Sean Watson. You got it. Go ahead. Whenever you're ready. Maybe you'll be ready for the 49ers game. Maybe. Hey, guys, don't miss the post-game edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland with Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin, sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. Subscribe now at 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app to get three episodes every week, including that special post-game edition. Daryl was on earlier today. And we'll play that for you guys coming up a little bit later on. Uh, I want you guys to hear what Daryl had to say about maybe some of the changes Deshaun needs to make when it comes to how he's dealing and how he is being a quarterback because I find it incredibly fascinating. We'll do all that in the 9 o'clock hour. we got to get to more on what Roquan Smith had to say. we got to get to off the beaten path. But as always in the 9 o'clock hour, to lead us off, we'll get to the fan focus. It's a good one. I promise you it's a good one this week. You'll want to listen to this one. It's overtime with Jonathan Beatlin here with you on The Fan. 